Welcome everyone to the Old Dog Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. We are coming at you with ep 22. This episode, we really focus um, our subject matter on recovery. We're lucky enough to have Dr. Matthew O'Neill on with us this episode. And uh, Dr. Matt is a doctor of physical therapy, and uh, he received this back in 2003, and he's gone on to do a number of different projects. Uh, he had a company called Alpha Rehabilitation and Midwest WorkWise, and now he's on to another project, um, Zavell. And Zavell is, in essence, it's a performance and recovery spa is the way I'd like to put it. Uh, they have everything that you can think of for optimal recovery. They have um, sauna, they have float, they have cryo. And we, we talk a little bit about that and how it's utilized and how it works. And uh, we really get into the ins and outs of it. And I, I, I think for you guys that find recovery a major part of what you do um, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and your training, um, I think this is something you're going to be immensely uh, interested in. You know, I um, I always say that, you know, when, when I sit down and I talk about when you have X amount of time and where you break that time up and what percentages should be spent on specific training, ancillary training, mental preparation, and of course, rehab is a large part of that. <clears throat> it's a pretty significant part. And if you don't take your rehab seriously, you're not going to get the most out of those other aspects of your training. So Dr. Matt sits sits here with us for a little bit and we kind of go in the ins and outs of it. And I think that you're going to really, really enjoy the time that we spent together and, and uh, if nothing else, have something in your toolbox. Um, you know, Zavell itself uh, is found all across the country. Right now they have three uh, locations. We have one here in Nashville, Tennessee, specifically in Spring Hill. There's one in Melbourne, Florida, Katy, Texas. And I know they're going to be opening up another location in Georgia. So this is a something that might even be close to you. And even if it isn't, there's other spas that offer the same things. And I'm sure you'll be able to get an idea of how they could enhance your own training. So with that, you know that uh, we're every week brought to you by Revital Health Clinics. And Revital Health and Wellness Clinics is the premier men's and women's health clinic focused on creating health and preventing disease through the optimization of bioidentical hormones, improved diet and exercise. A good friend of mine, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, he has a wealth of knowledge, brand sweat. He's a nurse practitioner. He's the owner and operator with years of experience in the field of hormone optimization and wellness. He will point you in the right direction. And I will tell you guys through our podcast, through um, training partners, I, I, I have yet to have anybody disappointed that has gone to him and um, have really, really been able to focus in on those weak points that they, whether it's recovery, whether it's energy, whether it's muscle mass, whatever it may be, uh, Brandon can really help you out. So please check them out at revitalhealthclinics.com. If you have any questions at all, feel free to email us at olddogbjj at gmail.com. Either way, we'll get you hooked up with Brandon and get things going. We're also brought to you by Fight Voodoo Fightwear. Um, this was a, a fight, um, uh, a fight clothing company. It was founded by JT Conway, and like I say every time, we're going to get JT on the show here pretty soon. This guy is amazing. He's got wonderful energy, and he loves combat sports, and he loves designing clothes for fighters. 
Um, they're based locally just south of Nashville, right here in Spring Hill. And JT's goal is to make Voodoo, Fight Voodoo a premier name in the fight-based clothing companies. Um, please check them out at fightvoodoo.com. Check, uh, check out their I Fight Bullies line of shirts and sweaters. And those are probably the most popular. I personally like the Jiu-Jitsu Saves Lives. Uh, but check them out. Uh, contribute to those people that are trying to... Uh, you know, those jujitsu practitioners out there that are trying to do well for themselves, uh, you know, buy a shirt, post it on Facebook. I think you actually get a coupon for your next purchase if you do that. And uh, just support just an all around fantastic guy, JT Conway. And uh, we will eventually get JT on the show. So with that, we're going to move on to episode 21, um, all about recovery and cryo. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey everyone, welcome to the Old Dog Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Joe, and I'm here with a very special guest uh, today who is, uh, in my opinion, an expert in human recovery, and a friend of mine, training partner. Uh, he's uh, not really, you're not really new to Jiu-Jitsu. No, I've had experience of getting, I've had experiences of getting choked. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's Dr. Matt. He's a uh, owner and operator of, of Zavel. Zavel. Um, and that, you know, once you, before we get into you, uh, we'll briefly just talk about what is Zavel. Yeah. Zavel is our, uh, performance and recovery spa. And, um, what we're focusing on is how do we heal people before they get injured? How do right. we help people recover, uh, mainly focusing on stress, anxiety, and pain. And, uh, and we can go and in, get into that story, you know, yeah. as we kind okay, of go cool, along cool, here. Cool. Yeah. Um, but that's what it is. You know, we, we focus on how to heal people, okay. uh, and their mental abilities, their emotions and their body. Awesome. So before we get into that, how has the, the jujitsu journey been so far? So I was joking with, uh, um, somebody the other night, uh, I think it was Michael Wu, right? Okay. Uh, when I was there at, at uh, practice and, uh, I said, we should label this episode road to first stripe, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because it's, it's awesome. And, um, I am a huge believer in this, in the concept, right. And the, and what it gives you from a lifestyle perspective. Yeah. Um, I, I joke around that anytime that you can choke your kid legally and then your kid can turn around and choke you legally and then it's you, therapy. Oh, it's great therapy. I mean, the bonding that occurs with yeah, that yeah. is it's unmatched. I mean, it's, uh, outside of, uh, a church environment. It's as religious as you can get, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I, it, so it's just really, really cool. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, granted, you know, full disclosure, it's been a month and a half here, right? Yeah. Of this more intensive training, three, four days a week. And um, the amount of learning that I'm gaining from my own body, right? And that's, you know, that's my background that we'll get into. But just how I move and how I move differently. And uh, and I just love watching people roll. I mean, the, the, there's, a, there, there's a beauty behind yeah. When it happens. You know? it, it's certainly, it's certainly very, and as your education grows and your knowledge of the sport grows and your own favorite things that you like to do starts to develop, it is definitely, I can see how people enjoy watching chess mm-hmm. when they know the game. Right. Because that's a lot. That's, you know, my wife sits down. She's, she's, she knows a little bit more now, but there's no enjoyment. And we have grappling on the TV more often than anything else that's on the TV, mm-hmm. um, whether it's just letting matches roll, 
um, on this on the uh, through full, flow grappling or or what. So she kind of gets a little bit of it, but it really is something that as you understand it, you start to develop this. It's probably pretty similar to football. If you don't really know what's going on in football, right. you look forward to the halftime show and the commercials more than you. Or, or the big touchdown, because that, that makes sense. Right. But the intricacies of the game, they don't make sense to a lot of people. Right. Um, I don't think that's why I like race car driving. I don't understand it. Right. Well, it's for me, it's soccer. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, like, I have no clue about soccer. There's a bunch of people running around, yeah. you know, and I don't get it, so I don't watch it. Right. Uh, I don't spend any time with it. And I'm really glad that my son did not choose that as his sport. <laughs> well, um. it's a good thing you bring him up because when you first um, came to the academy, mm-hmm. your very first class was with your son. You brought him with you. Am I correct? Well, I actually did a uh, an intro class um, because I was I did a video uh, for Zavelle uh, mm-hmm. that put on our social media and stuff about Gracie Baja. You know? Oh, okay. And so. Uh, the last person I rolled with that day was Professor Eddie. And oh. uh, so it was... And you're uh, still alive. Yes, and I am still alive. <laughs> it was a quick death. Um, and I was just like, I, all right, I'm hooked already. I already... This is yeah ridiculous. Because it wasn't a workout for me. You know, uh, Professor Reggie, he asked me, he's like, what's, you know, zero to 10? I said, well, the first half, a two, a three. I work out seven days a week anyways. Yeah. But that last half, it was the mental game. It was the... Oh, okay. You know, and I'm learning and absorbing and I'm like, I love information. And so for me, it was like learning on steroids and then to come back in the ad. So then I brought Asher back and I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. And he seems to really take into it. He does. He, uh, he did wrestling for two years, uh, when he was like six, seven years old, right around there. So you guys were in Nebraska at that time. Yeah, we were. Okay. Big, big wrestling state. Yeah. Yeah. Huge wrestling state. And, uh, but he didn't like. He didn't like uh, hurting the other kids. Okay. There's very that's, little what you could do at that age. Yeah. You know, it's takedowns. I mean, it's just that's... And so we just learned the rules and then he would just do that. And, you right. know, he did really well. But he gave a kid a bloody nose once and he was just like, I'm done. He was like, I don't... That's not his mentality. He's a thinker like me. Mm-hmm. So then when he went the first night and we did this, he was like, again, he was... Like I shot him full of drugs because yeah. the thinking aspect of everything. Yeah, there, there, there's incredible. definitely that. You can see that um, there's a big attraction to kids. I mean, there's a lot of kids that play video games that are just love jujitsu mm-hmm. um, because video games today isn't just up, down, left, right. You know, a lot of it is strategy. A mm-hmm. lot of it is developing moves, developing. So there's this big strategy behind it. And so I think the the term nerd assassins was coined a long time mm-hmm. ago when it comes to jujitsu. Um not to say that you 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 don't have to be strong. Your strength develops as you train. Right. Um, you can develop more strength if you love lifting weights and doing that type of thing, but it isn't 100% necessary. Um, it's kind of similar to somebody that starts moving furniture. You just start to develop that type of strength that you need to move the furniture. Right. But on addition to that, you know, you do learn that how do I get this person's arm across their, their chest? Okay, well... I'm not strong enough to pull it, but I can trick him into bringing it there. And that's intoxicating. Right. You know, and for somebody that has that mentality, like the video game mentality or the chess mentality or whatever it may be, yeah, it's amazing. And the best part about it is it it doesn't end. Right. That's the, that's the great part about Mm -hmm. it. There's not like this end point. There's always better ways to do it, more intricate ways to do it. Oh, now I'm injured. I have to come up with a whole different system for myself. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's cool. And it is amazing to be able to share that with your son. Yeah. It's, it is just, it's, and obviously, you know, I'm 
with me and my kids, it's, it's, it's been, um, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, my birthday was just a couple days ago and they wrote cards to me mm-hmm. and, Oh God, <laughs> tear oh you my apart. God, tear you <laughs> apart. The things they wrote in there, Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just about their appreciation. And I would never have done this on my own. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yada, yada, yada. So yeah, that, that's uh, absolutely just incredible. Good experience to have. Good thing to be able to share with them. It is. And it's one of those things where I wish we would have started earlier, right? Sure. Because I can see that. And then yeah. once my daughter's done with her stuff, um, we're going to bring her, start bringing okay. her along as well. Okay. Um, because we need that, that connection yeah. Um, also. Yeah. yeah that connection yeah. makes my wife very jealous. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because we can sit down and we can talk about. Now we're at the stage. My middle progressed faster than my oldest in regards to his attraction to the game. Mm-hmm. So now my oldest is very into talking about this is Leandro Lowe and this is his style and Keenan Cornelius, uh, Cornelius. And so they know the players. Well, my middle has learned that much earlier than my older oldest ever did. Mm-hmm. And that's probably just because of the environment. Right. But we can sit down and watch a match together and talk, and then we get on the ground. And we and so that she's not a part of any of that. Yeah, you know, it's not something she's interested in. But the poor, she didn't have a girl. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's 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 tough. But that connection is a strong one. And it's man, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun. Very 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 lucky. It is. I mean, I've I've definitely have drank the Kool Aid, um, and seems like I talk about that uh, almost as much as I talk about recovery and, and, yeah. and everything I do, I do there because there's just a lot of correlations and, yeah. uh, and Asher and I were, it's the same way we're, you know, we'll go from uh, talking about a CS Lewis uh, philosophy book into the next conversation is about jujitsu moves and what we learned. And the next one is into the next, yeah. you know, paleontology or I mean, like it just flows in yeah. the midst of our lives. Yeah. Well, there's a, there was a, there's a saying from uh it's been coined quite a bit from, um, Musashi um, and not from the book Musashi but from his book because his book is actually the book Musashi is actually a fictional book it's Mm -hmm. not his true life story Um, I think it's based on reality but it's not word for word reality but the book that Musashi wrote the book of five rings does have a saying in there which you know is true it's what he wrote that and he says when you when you and I, I always I butcher this, but essentially when you master one thing, you see it in all things. Right. Mm-hmm. But he says when you master the way or when you see the way, whatever mm-hmm. the hell the way is, I think it's, you know, mastery of whatever it is, whether that be cooking, mm-hmm. whether that be car mechanics, <laughs> um, or whether that be jujitsu, you start to see that in everything. Yeah. And it is interesting because, you know, I, I think now the largest growing demographic in jujitsu and I'm pulling this completely out of my ass because I don't have data to support it. But observationally speaking, it's got to be 30 and up. Yeah. You know, um, and, and those people, especially 40 and up, we are, in, we are just, I think most of us that take this very seriously, um, a, a huge aspect of our training is recovery. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's it, when people say, how do I split up my time? I have a, I have a little system. That I, it's a smart system. Each, of course, every letter stands for something different. S is specific training, mm-hmm. um, but the R in um, in smart is recovery because mm-hmm. it is such a major aspect of improving yourself as an athlete, mm-hmm. not just in jujitsu, but you know, in, in any in any endeavor that you uh, take on. Um, so, what are some of the key things for you that you see that we do sports specific? That you could say, hey, this is really going to help you out in, in terms of recovery. As far as you see the way that we bang up our body, the way that we damage our heads, as far as um, 
mentally being very hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what are some of the things that you see that would be key um, modalities in recovery? Well, the the easiest one is, uh, is so going back to your the thirties, forties demographics. Yeah, I think what you're getting is um, they have they're not in the bar scene anymore, right? right? They're not in college anymore. They're not young and vibrant and that type of a concept. And yet they're constantly seeking that camaraderie that they might have had through a fraternity or they might have had through school or they might have had something. They're seeking that out and they seek it more as they kind of hit that midlife component, yeah. right? They're like, yeah. there's something to this. I was talking to a guy the other night at at, uh, at training and he's like, jujitsu saved my life. He's like, I was drinking, I was smoking, I was doing all this stuff. And he's like, I can't do that and oh, still I, train. I, think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So. And it was, yeah. it was awesome. So yeah. the, I love that component of, of who's coming into this thing. At the same time, that's when our bodies are breaking down, right? When I hit 30, everything started changing for me. With 35 and then 40, yeah, absolutely. you know. But now I'm at 42 and I'm in the best shape I've ever been in my life. I'm the strongest. I'm the most flexible. I, you know, my body's just prepared more than anything and everything. Yeah. And, um, so anyways, uh, just so you guys know, we have Baxter in the room with us and he just lit this room up. He just, I almost saw he took a dump in the room. See, I wasn't oh going to say a word God. because I was sitting here going, man, if that was you, I just, I don't know what I'm going to oh, do. No, right. I definitely <laughs> I forgot the dog was, was in the room. I definitely tell you if it was me. My God, Baxter. <laughs> So uh, the recovery for this is you, you open the door and you vent the room. Oh and, you know, my God. Um, <laughs> so anyways, but, uh, so there, there's a couple things that, that I'm keen on. So, uh, we'll, we'll go into my background just for a second. Yeah, yeah, here. absolutely. Yeah. Because it, it, so people know, so my doctorate's in physical therapy. Uh, I graduated in 2003 from Creighton university with my doctorate. And, uh, the first part of my career was really f- focused on, uh, uh, Neuro, brain injury, spinal cord injuries, uh, chronic pain. Oh, you know, actually, like I forgot about that. But I remember you mm-hmm. telling me that. I completely yeah. forgot that you really, that was your main focus. Yeah. And my doctoral research was on uh, post-stroke recovery of upper extremity function. Okay. Uh, and uh, and so even further back than that, uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I speared a kid uh, in football and got a spinal cord contusion oh, uh, in my cervical spine. Wow. So we got video of them, you know, putting a bodyboard on me and flipping me over and taking me off the court or off the field. And, um, so I couldn't be an attorney then at that point, but I still want to be a part of the team, right? It's that camaraderie thing. I wanted yeah, to still be a yeah. part and I was going to go be an attorney. And then I was like, well, I can be a trainer, right? I can learn about, uh, being a sports trainer and a therapist and, and it kind of progressed down that path. Then when I was, when I was in college, uh, my mom had a massive stroke, brain surgery, uh, removed part of her brain, that sort of thing. Oh, she missed out a bleed then. She yeah, went, yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. Okay. And if I'd show you, it show anyone uh, the the MRI, uh, it's a quarter of the brain was blood, you yeah. know. And uh, so I used to have that hanging up on my wall, her MRI, uh, in my uh, my office at the clinic. Because it reminded me that no day that I experienced could be as bad as that day. Yeah. But... It also reminded me that anything was possible because she walked out of the rehab department, you know, two months later and continued to uh, live life and to push and to experience life. The dog didn't want to go out the door. Um, 
and he voiced his opinion on that matter. So, um, <laughs> sorry so, about that. You're, you're fine, man. So, you know, so yeah, I, I focus mainly on strokes, basically anything that's complicated. You know, I yeah. was not, I was never one of those therapists that we're going to line up four people and you're all just going to do the same thing and I'm just going to rake in a ton of money. Yeah. You know, when we started our clinic, uh, my wife's an occupational therapist, has her doctorate as well. And we said we're going to treat one person at a time. We're going to make about a quarter of the money as everybody else makes, but we're going to see every single person from 45 minutes to an hour or longer. And, um, that was our MO and it still is. We sold the clinic, a, you know, about two years ago here. Uh, but it's still the same concept is right. do the best job. I certainly get that feeling when I walk into your, um, what, what, what do we call it? Spa. Spa. Yeah. When yeah. we walk mm-hmm. into your spa, I, I, I get that same feeling. Okay, good. That very individual mm-hmm. Hey, I'm, we're here to take care of you type feeling. I think yeah. that's incredibly important. It, it is. Um, everybody wants to be seen, right? Yeah. You know, when we were doing our rehab, and then we expanded into pediatrics, um, ended up been about 50% of what we did was pediatrics. So newborn babies, you know, all the way through. And uh, somebody asked me the other day, I was uh, on the Clubhouse app. I don't know if you've been on that yet or not. Yeah. But uh, they said, what's the, what's the hardest question you've ever been asked? And then what do you do about it? And I was talking about how... When a parent brings their newborn baby in and says, doctors told me my kid's never going to walk, talk, roll, eat, speak, eat. My kid's going to die in the next two months. Like that's what can you do, right? And um, that's the hardest questions I've ever been asked. Out of that, my response has become, uh, you have one guarantee in life. If you do nothing, it will get worse. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't care what subject you want to talk about. If you do nothing in that area, it will get worse. Mm -hmm. But if you do something, it might get better. Yeah. So it's always hope. It's always that thing. And that's that's part of what we bring into uh, Zavelle uh, is that hope. We have people come in all the time and they're like, I can't sleep. I have horrible back pain. I blah, blah, blah. I've seen all these people. You know, I've seen all these therapists and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just looking at them like, it's not that complicated. Like, go float. And then they come out and they're like, what in the world just happened? You know, like it, it just changed. Explain what floating is. I mean, I, mean, I think a yeah. number of us, just because of Joe Rogan, um, have an idea of what it is. Yeah. But don't really, they just, they just think of a sensory deprivation, but that, that they don't really know what that means or how that affects the body. Yeah. I got exposed to floating um, by the, the show Fringe. Um, it was just kind of a sci-fi I remember weird that show. show. And they, yeah. they'd float and then they would go to other worlds or universes or whatever. Okay. So yeah, that's really kind of cool. And then of course the proverbial Joe Rogan, you know, yeah, heard yeah. him mention it. So I've been trying to, I was trying to do it for years. Um, and uh, my business partner is a guitarist from Corn, uh, Brian Head Welsh is his name. And it, for all of you, uh, go download their uh, Love and Death album that just got dropped oh, today. Awesome. So it, that's not Corn's album; it's Love and Death's album, uh, his side project. But nice little side plug. Cool. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll take it. All right. <laughs> um, and so, anyways. Uh, so out on tour, I was always trying to go and float. I was kind of trying to do that because we, we had nothing in the center of the U.S. and Nebraska where I was from. Right. And uh, finally in Toronto, because I toured as their physical therapist for off and on for about three years. And uh, I was just miserable out on tour. My brain hurt. My spine hurt. And it's a rough life. It's a it's a horrible life. Um, I mean, it's great being around again the camaraderie. Yeah. But the abuse and the lack of sleep that you get when you're 20 feet up in the air on a bus going back and forth all night long, and you know the the bus driver and we're in the top. I mean, they're one of the top yeah. bands in the world, so we're in the best you got buses. The, the creme of the creme. Of- Absolutely. 
drivers and everything. But you know, when they turn just a little bit, that bus moves. It's nuts. And you think you're going to fall out and die. So, you know, <laughs> uh, needless to say, up in Toronto, I floated for the first time. And what floating is, um, is it is sensory deprivation, right? It's, okay. a, it's a giant pod um, or chamber or whatever. Yeah, because some look cooler than others. Yeah. Definitely. Some yeah. look archaic and other ones like what you have look like they're from the future exactly yeah i mean it, the aesthetic has to be there um yeah. because people are so f- afraid of getting buried alive yeah you know yeah. Um, or drowning and all that kind of stuff and so we're like addressing a lot of their fears and one we got to have it aesthetically pleasing it's got to be beautiful um there are coffin ones that are out there and you couldn't pay me enough to get into one of those i just got <laughs> your, your, they're sorry. seriously coffin ones yeah they, they look like coffins like a hatch and then you have to crawl into this hatch and then close oh, wow. it i'm like Sorry, that's not how I roll, you know? Um, And so, yeah, so what it is is you have about 10, 12 inches of water, uh, 200 gallons roughly, and then you have 900 pounds of Epsom salt. So medical grade uh, magnesium sulfide is in there. And um, so think of an Epsom salt bath on steroids or the Dead Sea on steroids because when you float, half of your body is going to be up on top of the water. And um, so everything that I do is research-based, right? Uh, I'll, I'll take one little tiny step back. The, the way that we chose everything mm-hmm. uh, that goes in there and that we will choose that goes into all the future uh, franchise locations is it has to have a lot of research and not like my kids' research, like a Google search, sure, right? Sure, it's, yes. When you and I say research, it's yeah, peer-reviewed it's research. Yeah. Second one is it has to work on every single person. Third is it has to work on every single person every single time. Right. That's a pretty stinking high standard, right? Yeah. Um, but that's the way that we that we chose it. So I floated, uh, and and so when you're floating, you're in this uh, um, pod, we'll say, and the water and the air and your skin are all the same temp, so it's all 96 degrees roughly. And you can control the lights, you can control the sound. For me, I wanted no sight, no sound. I wanted everything to go away because I might just hurt. I was already just constantly getting noise, right, right. Uh, 24 hours a day or movement on tour. And when that happens, your proprioception within about five minutes goes away. Does anybody ever get like like motion sickness because of that? Oh, yeah. 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 We've had a couple. So probably like one of it out of a thousand. And usually it's those people that haven't eaten or they're uh, a little dehydrated. Okay. So then their semicircular canals aren't, aren't yep. spinning properly. Uh, they're not moving properly or, you know, they have caffeine or there's some other stimulant there's other maybe a medication that they're taking that affects that um okay. and you combat that by leaving the lights on uh, and oh, leaving, leaving interesting the music on. so just yeah. a little bit of stimulus kind mm-hmm. of fix that okay Absolutely. but what will happen is your proprioception will literally shut off um so for people that are listening to this that don't know proprioception is your awareness of your body in space so anyone listening to this you can close your eyes and you can touch your nose all the day all day mm-hmm. long and you're not going to poke yourself in the eye when you're in there you can't your body's awareness of whether you're touching air, water, or where your arm is goes away. It sucks if you have an itch. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's on your face, right? Um, <laughs> I, I had that. Um, but it's everything just starts shutting down. And so uh, we talked about it before. One of my favorite subjects is sleep. Yeah. In a normal sleep cycle, it's about an hour and a half long is a typical sleep yep. cycle. In that sleep cycle, you're having about five minutes of brain health, brain healings, release hormones and chemicals to heal your body and your mind. What they've shown in research with floating in that sensory, I call it a sensory less environment, you know, is within five minutes of being in that, your brain will start to put you into that deep sleep state and you can stay there the entire time. So Mm. everyone that comes out goes, what? I feel like I slept for a week. 
because that literally their brain's releasing hormones and chemicals for okay. 50, 60 minutes straight. Gotcha. And um, it's really funny because you can't, you really can't fight thoughts. So uh, one of our professors, I won't say which one, uh, floated and he was like, I was going to prove you wrong. I was going to think the whole time. And he's like, I couldn't think at all. Like he, yeah. like it's like you're grasping a fog. You just can't. Your brain just can't. That's focus. what you need. It is. It's. It's in this. I'd be world, interested to see how crazy. if we would take manic people mm-hmm. and put them in a float tank, what would happen? Yeah. So what they've done research on that as well. So manic uh, people, depressed people, or anxious people. Like, and and we're talking like clinically, clinically. Like they can't get out of their parents' basement type right, of thing. Right, right. What they've shown in research is uh, with one float, so 60 minutes, 50% reduction in depression, anxiety, uh, and stress. Wow. 50% one, in just in one, in one time. Then if you do two times a week for six weeks is what the research was, it'll bring them to baseline normal. Huh. It's, it's, it's amazing. Well, it is. It's because you think about this world. I don't even know what I was... Oh, my son and I have been watching through all of the Mission Impossible movies from the beginning. Yeah. And you're looking at the, the technology. Like, they're just getting into email, right? They're just yeah. getting into cell phones. They're just getting in, in And then my favorite movie, uh, uh, You Got Mail, right? <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. I'm not ashamed. And, <laughs> and one of the characters was saying, technology is going to be the destruction of mankind. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was a joke. It was this laughing thing. But you think about how much we're just bombarded constantly from everything. I mean, we got phantom vibrations going on in our legs oh, because oh, our yeah. phone. Isn't that the most amazing thing? It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. So when you can actually shut the brain down and let it heal, let it basically reset like your computer, unplug it. 30 seconds, you plug your electronics back in, they work again. Right. That's kind of what you're doing with your brain when you're floating. And, um, and then, like I said, it happens to every single person. Every single time we've had people that have had this one lady, she came in and she was just shaking. She was so like freaked out by the whole concept of putting the door down, uh, and being enclosed. And I said, leave it open. I don't care. Like just, just go float, you know, it's okay. So I give people control over their environment Mm. and when they have control over their environment, um, because a lot of people don't feel they have control over their, their daily lives. Um, she was able to start. And by the time she was done with her float, she pulled the, the lid down all the way. Oh, that's awesome. And she was like, I wish I had done that the whole time. What What is, so would you say two times a week is would be optimal and anything more than that's diminishing returns or? Uh, no, I'd say one time a week is optimal. Oh, okay. Um, the average person is not clinically depressed or anxious. Like they're, uh, they're. Good point. Okay. And so like anything else, we don't need to overutilize anything. Sure. Uh, when patients would come in uh, to my clinic and see me, the very first thing I told every single person that walked through the door is I have one goal. It's you're not here. Yeah. I'm not here. Very strange goal for medicine, isn't it? <laughs> it's a, it's, yeah. it's countercultural to, yeah. to medicine because we're, we're well outside of the uh, managed care stuff that we have right now uh, through some of the hospital systems. But outside of that, it's designed to keep you as long as possible and to get every dollar out of you. And I just figured if I could treat somebody and fix them faster, they'd go tell 10 people and I would never have to worry about work. And so my wife and I, excuse me, built it from just the two of us to when we sold it, I think we had like 15 therapists that worked for us and you know, yeah. And, um, so I, I just have a different, I have a different approach to things. I never wanted to be somebody's pill. Um, I'm really good at what I do with my hands, but I'm, but I can only treat one person at a time and I'd much rather give people the tools to do it themselves. And, um, 
So it's like water. It's like, well, how much water do you drink? Well, it's a simple equation, but you can always drink too much. Right. Sure. And then, yep. you know, you could always eat too much healthy food. Right. You don't need to go and eat a bale of lettuce. That's going to have some problems, you know? Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, with floating, I always tell people uh, on your recovery day through the week. Um, so, we're talking about uh, anyone that's doing jujitsu or workouts or anything. On your day when you typically don't do anything, um, or if you're just doing like light aerobic stuff, that's the day that you float. Because okay. you, that's that's going to give your body the the biggest bang for its buck. Okay. Um, so don't don't necessarily do it before you have like a really heavy competition workout or something like that. Leave no. it for the next day. Leave it for the next day, or do it two to three days before. Oh, gotcha. Because because that, but that's a different question, okay. right? So the average person once a week, you know, and it's your recovery day on your other days, and we'll get into cryo. But your other days, you'd be doing cryo. You right to. Uh, uh, Keep your inflammation down. Keep that in, yep. in check and stuff. Competition's a whole different animal because what they've shown in research. Uh, um, again, I, I keep saying research all the time because that's literally I'm reading the research on it. Right? You know, and that's can't just be anecdotal all the sure. time. Is um, your ability to learn and then process or uh, pull on that learning? or access that learning is really really important, and floating can help with that. Oh, okay. So if you think about competition. What I would tell people is you never do anything before a competition that you haven't already done for three to six months. Absolutely true. Right? Yep. You, you have to work that out yep. to know you're, when you're peaking. But if you know that you have a hard roll day, you know, if you're doing two sessions that day or whatever, okay, you'd float like two days before, you know, and you start playing around with that adjustment because mm-hmm. we want to maximize your abilities for your brain to be healthy, calm, relaxed, low stress, and focused. And if we can do that leading up to it, then yeah, we'll float afterwards for from a recovery standpoint. Um, but how do we prepare you for that competition? Mm-hmm. And um, like Navy SEALs will use it, number one, they're using it as recovery. They're coming back from missions, they're floating, uh, or they're coming back off their tours, they're floating. But while they're back, they use it for language learning. So they'll put on language oh, that they're okay. learning and just listen to that while their brain's in that deep sleep state so if you and then we have you know in our pods we have different psychologists that you can listen to for mental detox and different things uh, that are designed for that area but speaking of that it'd be really interesting and i have no idea how we even accomplish this but it'd be really interesting to uh get especially professor reggie's voice right record him like walking through moves like verbally just All right, now you go from here to here to here. Watch out for this. Do this and play that while somebody's floating because they're in that deep sleep state. Yeah. They're in that place where they're they can absorb mass amounts of information without ever having to listen. Right? Yeah. Without without having. I to can talk. hear his voice right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Joe. You have to go, Joe. You have to move, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hear it. It's disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> but so so. The biggest thing about recovery is being intentional, right? Um, being, I think you, your S was specific, right? On your smart thing. Well, yeah, yeah. So that's specific training. So that means that the that that in the smart training, the um, the S has to do with um, whatever your sport is. It has mm-hmm. to be specific. So that means right. that for jujitsu, that would be rolling, mm-hmm. drilling. So like doing a sled, mm-hmm. that's not a part of that. 
that that's that's different. That's ancillary. That's ancillary training. Right. You know, S that portion of the S is all about hey, what percentage of my recovery, my specific, my mental, my mm-hmm. ancillary, and that's what it stands for. Um, if I had uh, four hours, what percentages should I break these up in? And of right. course, the mass amount of your percentage should always be specific training. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get better at throwing a court, you know, throwing a football by running. Right. You know, you throw the football. Right. And so that that's the idea of the S. It's a specific training. Yeah. And, this, and the specificity has to apply to every single one of those letters. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, it has to be specific each step of the way. And the same thing with the recovery. So somebody comes in uh, to talk to me and they're like, you know, uh, how often should I do whatever? Right. Let's say, all right, here's a blank sheet of paper. Write out your, your week. Show mm-hmm. me what you already do. And then I'll tell you. Yeah, where right. to put things. Okay. okay. And uh, again, so we can be very specific. Some people mm-hmm. they only need to float every other week. Okay. Um, you know, I have a lady right now. She came to me. Uh, she had a, um, a stroke in her spinal cord, her spinal column. And she's got foot drop on the, on her foot, and she's like, "What's going to help?" And blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "I have no idea what's going to help." Um, I said, "But based on what you're telling me, let's have you float. Let's shut your brain off and, and declutter some of that, and then see how you move afterwards." And she came out, and she was like, "Holy cow!" Like, and she's in her 60s. Yeah. In that 60 minutes, she came out, and she was walking better oh, simply because awesome. she walked out. That's awesome. Then we do some kinesio tape and some other things like that as well. Um, but it is. Uh, we just try to be specific to everybody, but as a general rule of thumb, we tell people start out at once a week and then you adjust from there. Okay. If you're doing well, break it out to a week and a half, you okay. know? Um, Good approach. Yeah. What should somebody do? Because you know, we have listeners that aren't, don't necessarily live local. Mm-hmm. Is there anything specific that you would say to watch out for? Cause you, you know, you have more and more float places that are popping up. Yeah. Are there some good questions they should ask? Are there red flags that they should avoid things that come to mind? You know, floating in and of itself is pretty, I wouldn't say standard, but it's hard to screw up, Okay. Right? The simple fact that you're on 900 pounds of solution, that alone is going to, you know, it's Epsom salt bath on steroids. I mean, that alone is going to help you. Okay. Uh, it's going to, and people get manipulations in their spines and joints all the time, literally just laying there because yeah. everything oh, starts yeah, yeah. stretching out. That's the number one thing I hear from people when they first lay in that they feel like it's an automatic adjustment. It is right. Cause yeah. everything just begins to stretch out. There's sure. no pressure points, yeah. uh, throughout the body there. So that alone, uh, really what I, what I, what I would like people to, to go or, or how to focus if they're going on to different, you know, like I, I got a buddy, um, he's number one in the world, uh, for bench press right now. Okay. And, uh, cause they didn't have worlds this last year. So, you know, from the year before, yeah. um, but at his, at his prime, he was benching over 900 pounds, huge thing. Yeah. Right. So when I was looking for him, I, I was like, all right, well, we need specifics. We can't have you cramped. We need, you know, we need certain temperature, blah, blah, blah. So if people are going to look for something, look for, ask them what their temperature is in okay. the water. Okay. Um, and that's where the brain uh, has the ability to shut down. If it's 94, 93 degrees, it doesn't seem like it'd be those two degrees would matter very much, but it does. Okay. Because they, so you're looking for 98.6, no 96 degrees. 96. Uh, yeah. Cause your core temperature is different than your skin temperature. Okay. Gotcha. Your skin temps right around that 96 degrees. Yep, very true. And okay. so you're looking for that because you want the air and the water in your skin to kind of all be the same 
so that you okay it's a skin that's what threw me off i was saying is. core okay yeah. so i was thinking oh it's gonna be kind of warm okay yeah and, and we have some people that have basically no body fat and they're they'll ask us like hey can you turn up the tent well yeah absolutely we can we can adjust it by degrees um we had when i was back in nebraska um my uh, patients with ms right they can't have heat so 96 degrees would just completely sap their energy so we would actually do our ms mornings where we would drop the temp down to 91 92 degrees okay leave the door open a little bit to create some circulation and they'd only float for 30 minutes. Again, it's right. It's we're adjusting it based on their specific need okay. and it would completely revitalize them and allow them to function great for three, four days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, the, for me, the temperature is a big one. So that's a good question. Like, yeah, that's, what's, that's what's one temp- from the, and obviously the, you know, the cleanliness of the place and things like that. But that goes without being said. Yeah. I mean, if you're walking into a place and you're crunching on the floor, yeah, that, they ain't that's, cleaning that, it. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's the COVID world, right? That yeah, we're like... <laughs> absolutely. Um, um, so, so temp, okay. Yeah, temperature is the biggest one. And then for people to get the most out of it, I love them to have the most control possible. Okay. So if gotcha. you can control your sound, if you can control your lights, if you can control even how closed or open the, the facility or the, uh, the pod is, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. It just allows people to relax more. Okay. Um, for me, I could really care less because I don't. I go no, no sight, no sound. I just shut everything off. Um, but most people, when they're going in, uh, is they're they want a little control over okay. what's awesome. going on. Yeah. Uh, and then the other the other thing is just they somebody will tell you clear your mind, just don't think about anything. It's the worst know, piece of advice you give somebody. It's horrible. It's yeah. like telling somebody you know. Don't look behind you right now. Yeah. Whatever you do, just don't look behind you. And yeah. then all you want to do is look behind you. Yeah, I, I have learned, and this is actually comes, I read this when I was younger. Um, there's actually a book called um, Verbal Judo. Okay. And Verbal Judo, one of the things that it, it, it states, and this is so true, and I have so many doctors that make this mistake that I, that I work with and just people in general. Mm-hmm. And I've made this mistake even though I know the rule. Ma'am, calm down. <laughs> the one thing the you never... Well, exactly. <laughs> so the one thing you never say to your spouse is, calm down. Mm-hmm. On that same note, if you tell somebody, clear your mind, yeah. the best yoga te- instructors I've ever had have never said, clear your mind. Okay. They instruct you on what to think about, where to place yourself, mm-hmm. where where should you have your mind at this... not clear your mind right because once you get that instruction it's hypnotic you can't no absolutely and i just tell people don't worry about it uh-huh. okay man just let it, let it come if, if your brain is going through your list mm-hmm. and it's moms and i always say the same thing moms uh and women uh, are the hardest people to shut down because mm-hmm. they got so many things they're juggling. Right, which is great because that's why we're still alive. You know, right. That's because they're not shutting down. But I tell them, I said, listen, about 30 minutes into it, you're just going to be like, this isn't working. Just give, oh, give it one give it one more minute. Okay. I can't get my brain to shut yeah. off. Don't worry about it. Just okay. give it one more minute. Yeah. And then they all come out and they're like, that voice scared me at the end because I didn't know I was asleep. Yeah, until nice, nice, nice. And then, so they, they taste it and then they can yeah, go on the next okay. thing. So, um, yeah, I just tell people, don't worry about where your mind goes. Just let it go. Don't fight it. Just let it go. Yeah, don't actively it. engage with it. Yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. I like um, Andy from uh, Headspace. He's just, uh, Headspace is an app and Andy okay. is the guy. I think he's actually founder, but he's just, he's going noise to the British accent and he just tells you just, 
let the thoughts come and go. Let them mm-hmm. float through your mind. And it's so true when you do that. Oh, okay. You're giving me freedom mm-hmm. just to be myself right now mm-hmm. and just to let my mind relax. Yeah. Not necessarily no thoughts, but right. that it's okay. Yeah. My patients that would have trouble sleeping because typically almost anytime the body breaks down or brain breaks down, they're, they're having trouble sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, a, one of the first things that get disrupted. And, uh, so what I told people is just do free flow writing. And so you just take out a blank sheet of paper yeah. and you just scribble. You're not making a list, right? You just no, write as no, fast as you no, can about, this. yeah. And you just dump out yeah. as much, yeah. crumple it up, throw in the trash and you're done. I keep them. Oh, you do? Really? <laughs> They're insane. Oh yeah. Of course <laughs> they are. They are. Insane. Like, Nobody will find these until I'm dead. Right. <laughs> they are yeah. nuts. And then we're going to publish but, but some they're, really but weird they're, books. They're so, they're so, um, yeah, Henry Rawlings has some writings that are oh, very I'm similar sure. to that. Um, yeah, it is really therapeutic. Um, as far as you just mentioned the body. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the thing that I was most attracted to, and in fact, when I, when we first met, um, really wasn't so much floating, although I've always been intrigued with that. It was more the cryo. Mm-hmm. It was more, right. you know, I am somebody that suffers from a tremendous amount of, like my heart attack will not be because of my diet. Mm-hmm. My heart, well, in turn, possibly, uh, but it's, it's going to be due to inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, I am somebody that I've got, it's bad. It's really bad. And um, it's something I have to manage all the time. And once I slip up from my noncompliance mm-hmm. with a good routine, and that's how I know my routine works. Right, yeah. Because my noncompliance, mm-hmm. when I slip off of it, the inflammation starts back up my hands, my wrists. Right now, the the, the fifth MTP joint in my foot, It's it's you would think I had gout. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cryo was a huge attraction to me because of the reduction in inflammation right. and the recovery from that. Can, can you like, well, how, first of all, how did you hear about cryo? What, what was your first introduction to it? What sold you on it? Um, I'm sure some, some degree of research, but the re- what, do you have a story behind that? How you, how uh, you found, cause somebody who works for you was a former college football player. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And yeah. he, he was sold on it from, Doing it and saying, oh, yeah, this was amazing. Yeah. And uh, for me, it was the research. Okay. I'd never even done it before, before we added as one of our modalities. Oh, okay. I'd never even tried it. Okay. Like, screw that. That's cold. Yeah. Uncomfortable. (laughs) Can be. Yeah. And so, um, but it was the research. It was a massive amount of 20, 30, 40 years worth of research out of, you know, Eastern Bloc countries and Russia and stuff mm-hmm. of what they were doing with their athletes and what was happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was in high school, we had some guys uh, go over to Russia for wrestling and judo. Oh. And their post-workouts involved sauna and going out in the snow. Yep, exactly. The combination of the two. Yep. And so, uh, so that was what sold me on it to begin with. Because okay. uh, it, it matched all of my stuff. It matched my three... Uh, uh, points that I'm looking for. And then I actually started doing it more, right? When okay. we got our unit here, uh, then literally when we opened here is when I actually started doing cryo more. Okay. And, um, I do it about one to two times per week is, is kind of my typical, uh, I don't have to do it all the time because like you, I pretty much, I watch things, you know, I'm, I'm not ingesting, uh, things that are going to create a lot of inflammation. Um, mm. now I have freedom in my diet, at this age, I can pretty much eat whatever I want when I want to eat it. I just know I'm going to pay for it, you know, on some of these, you know, different yeah. foods. Yeah. But, um, but I learned, I don't know what it would have been eight years ago. So it was like eight or nine years ago. Um, I went, I volunteered, or I volunteered, I, I paid <laughs> for <laughs> volunteer experience to go train with Navy SEALs in Virginia. 
Okay. And 17 years, or leading up to it, it was, all right, what do Navy SEALs do? Or they're going to do mass amounts of push-ups. They're going to do sit-ups. They're going to do squats. They're going to hundreds. And so literally, I'd be working with patients. And when they started their exercise, I'd drop down and I'd just start doing push-ups. And by the time I actually got to training, the inflammatory response in my body was through the stinking roof. I was cramping mm-hmm. within 10 minutes of doing anything with those guys. Uh, then 17 hours into it, we jumped out of a plane at 13.5. Um, it was a accelerated free fall, so nobody was attached to me. Never jumped out of a plane before. And apparently you're not supposed to hit the runway. So I hit the runway and oh. uh, broke my left ankle, oh, uh, broke my back in two places. So in my lumbar spine, I have two uh, completely crushed vertebrae, vertebrae, two blown out discs, and a tumor all in that amount of space. Good part after four days of looking at it um, is the tumor is non-cancerous, right? But it goes into the spinal column, so they can't stick a needle in it. They can't do anything with it. Okay. You know, buddy's like, suck it up, buttercup. You know, you built a cage around yourself, keep going. But I knew I couldn't keep going in that over-utilization, overwork, you know, sure. that high-intensity, just massive amount of uh, repetitions. So I called my buddy, the guy, bench press guy, uh, Jonah Leo, and uh, called him. I'm like, dude, I, I can't gain weight. I can't gain muscle. I am just beat up all the time. He changed my entire workout, and I went from 185 to 225 in about four months. Oh, that's awesome. And Part of that was drinking half a gallon of whole milk a day. That'll do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> On top of what I was eating. But what I learned what, through that process was he only benches two days per week. Right. He has a technique day and a heavy day. Yeah. And then he's doing other lifts. Very counterintuitive, isn't it? It is. I was thinking that he was doing it three, four times yeah. a week and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And so he actually changed my entire schedule, which I have done since that day mm-hmm. of like I don't do my bench and uh, tricep or chest and tricep day is Sunday. I won't do those again until the following Sunday. Yeah. My back and bicep day is now, I had to change it because of jujitsu. It's now on Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, I'd adjust it a little bit um, because I was doing my back and bicep workout in the morning mm-hmm. at 6 30 and then coming and rolling in the noon class. <laughs> Just getting stinking destroyed, right? Like, not lifting your arms. Pulling is is oh. probably the most important thing you can do in jujitsu. Pushing, people think pushing, and pushing's not really mm-hmm. that. You make frames. You don't yeah. need to push that. That's just that's anatomically to your advantage right. to make a frame. But pulling, pulling is huge. Yeah, and and I learned that because it, it felt like on both my elbows, like I was getting Tommy John. You oh, know? and I was like, oh, oh and I'll, wow. I'll tell you, it, it, it that is a real thing. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was rolling with. <laughs> was uh, somebody didn't have a partner the other night. So I jumped in and said, okay, I hadn't warmed up yet. And I'm like, Hey man, okay, let's just, let's take the first minute and go kind of slow for me to warm up. He didn't go slow. So here I'm pulling and pulling and pulling instead of just stopping and telling him, Hey, hey just slow down, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. And sure enough, I'm driving home and my elbows, both of them are just oh, killing because I didn't give myself a chance to warm up. Now, mm-hmm. if that's a street fight, I don't really care. Of course. But we're not street fighting. This right. is training session, you yeah. know? So yeah, that, that is a real thing that you get from that pulling mm-hmm. action. And if you're not properly warmed or overtrained, you're going to get that type of inflammation or inflammatory reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the, for me, the cryo is a huge thing. And we've seen it. I mean, we, we sponsored the uh, Summit football team here uh, this last year. Mm-hmm. And their injury rate was almost non-existent. That's be- amazing. Because the majority of the starters were crying two to three days per week yeah. after practice and then floating on weekends. Okay. So their whole thing was built on recovery. So is that, as far as recommendations, as mm-hmm. far as a jiu-jitsu athlete, um, 
something similar to that. Of course, depending on the person, but course, generally speaking. Yeah, two to three days per week. I, I'd assume the average person is going to be rolling two to four times per week mm-hmm. uh, as kind of an average. And so um, one of those times may not be as intensive, especially if they're starting out. Sure. Um, or if they, or if they're, you know, as advanced as you, they're not going to be as intensive either because you might be coaching one of those sessions mm-hmm. or you might. So you're only doing... 15, 20 minutes worth of that, of that activity, you know? So you may not need to do your cryo after that, but for everybody else, when they're done rolling, when they're doing, done doing leg day, when they're done doing their high intensity interval training, they need to be cryoing afterwards. And people say it's a whole adage of no pain, no gain, right? And it just, it's, yeah, that's complete it's garbage. Unfortunate that, that that saying ever got coined. Yeah, it rhymes. So, yeah, you know, yeah, so it must be partially true. <laughs> it's always true if it rhymes. <laughs> so it rhymes, and but it's also, I mean, it permeates everything that that we do. Yeah. Uh, from a medical standpoint, uh, when I, I was in when I was in PT school, the way that we determined what your injury was, if I can recreate your pain. Yeah. If I can recreate your pain, you got a shoulder injury. If I can recreate it then I can diagnose it and then I can tell you how to fix it. Right. Right. And I took a different approach in my treatment. It was, if I can alleviate your pain, then I know not only what's wrong, but also how to fix it faster. Mm -hmm. So I had a a different concept. Um, the, the other thing that you hear is uh, inflammation is good because you need to destroy the muscles. You need to tear up the muscles in order to build more muscle. Okay. Well, that's great if we lived in a perfect environment. If you ate really, really well, if you drank lots of water, right? If you uh, had great sleep, great recovery, then yeah, you can do a lot of damage to your muscles and you're going to recover really quickly. Okay. Then you get our age, right? And yeah. everything goes to pots. Everything starts going downhill. We right. don't recover. We're not sleeping as well. You know, whatever sure. it might be, that inflammatory response then just gets goes into hyper and it becomes a negative feedback loop oh absolutely yes yeah um yeah i i reference it like uh there's a term uh, self-efficacy and it's your your belief versus your knowledge and uh it's what i'm dealing with with this this covid vaccine thing that we can talk about later (laughs) but if i believed that i was actually sick then my symptoms would actually be worse But the fact that I know that I'm not sick is just a reflex of the thing that I got put in my body. Sure. I can mentally manage what's going on. And um, and so my belief versus my knowledge, yeah, and if they, they just keep pushing into the pain. Oh, I just got to work through the pain. I got to work through yeah. the pain. I got to work through the inflammation. I just got to do no, this you gotta more. Get you got to no, get it fixed. You got to keep it under control. Yeah. And that's what, so the cryo is using uh, liquid nitrogen into gas nitrogen and cooling the air around you. That, and that's actually how you and I first met, right? You yeah. came over with, with uh, Trey and, uh, and Professor. And um, and so within three minutes, because we, we make sure that everybody is success, successful at three minutes. I always tell people we can't do, we cannot afford anything and you cannot, any of us cannot afford anything in our lives that is going to move us backwards. Mm-hmm. When it mm-hmm. moves us backwards in this state and age of this chaos that we're in you're moving 10 steps backwards and so if i come in and i have you float but you kind of freak out because i didn't instruct you properly and i didn't give you enough controls and enough things and enough leeway to be able to be comfortable then we failed uh because now you're not going to do it again you've just written that component off and that's something that's really going to help you same thing with cryo so we start all males at uh, about 180 degrees. We start females at 160. And that's due to fat content, muscle content uh, distributions in their body. And then we'll adjust from there. 
we will go up or down. Now, when you guys came in, it was kind of a, all right, you know, who's going to puff their chest out the most? And, and I did not start that. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Reg is like, can we stay in? Can we see who could stay in the longest? <laughs> right. And and so you get a little bit of that, uh, and that, it, but it becomes a fun thing, and it's not a bad thing yeah. at that point. But then we adjust from there because I need you to be successful. I, my goal is not to shock you. Right? Sure, sure. If I want to shock you, yeah, I'm going to actually stick you in the sauna, make you sweat, and then throw you in there. I'm going to shock you. Like that's, right. but that's just stupidity. Um, I need you to be successful. And uh, we had a lady that came in. She had had a, a lumbar fusion. I think L4 and L5 uh, mm-hmm. lumbar fusion. Three years earlier, still just, she'd wake up or she'd be crying in the middle of the night, waking her husband up oh, while she's terrible. asleep, terrible. right? And she'd like grab a hold of his body to roll over, you know, those types yeah. of things. And she came and cried one time and she called me the next day. She was, Dr. Matt, she was, uh, it, is it supposed to work this fast? I went, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? Is it supposed to work this fast? And she was, all oh, my pain's gone. I'm like, what do you mean all your pain? She's like, I don't have any pain. And we're on probably week 14. She doesn't cryo anymore, right? It comes back to that thing of, oh. I don't need you to do it unless you need to do it. Right, 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 right. And she lives a distance away. But we're on week 16 and she still has no back pain. Oh, that's awesome. It just reset that signal, yeah, yeah. right? Just stop that signal yeah. long enough for her brain and body to go, oh, wait a second. We don't have any pain here. Let's function Beautiful. normal. And so it has the ability to do that. Um, Let me ask you this. The, the, the question I've, I get most often, especially from, well, actually I got this from Amy, mm-hmm. um, but I get it mostly from jujitsu guys because there has been a trend over the last few years uh, with ice bath, mm-hmm. ice bath, right. ice bathing. Yep. And I, I've heard you explain this before, mm-hmm. So, um, the, but this is more for other people listening that are like, okay, yeah, that's great, but you know what, I, I just, I do ice baths. Can you explain the difference between the two? Because it's, after you explained it, I'm like, oh, that seems pretty obvious. Right. But to a lot of people, if you've never heard it, you don't understand you don't know what you don't know. So can yeah. you explain, like, when somebody comes to you and says, well, can I just do this with my ice bath? Right. Yeah. And that's that's a Wim Hof thing, right? right. That's, uh, and, and, and I love Wim Hof. I love listening to the guy. And uh, there's actually a certified instructor here in Nashville now. Uh, so when it gets warmer, we're going to bring tanks down to the, the spa and we're going to have a Wim Hof weekend. Oh, wow. Where that's he's awesome. going to te- teach people okay. and we're going to do the ice bath immersion. And because I love the mentality behind it, I yeah. love being able to control yourself in a stressful situation. Yeah. It, that's huge. That's why when anyone is laying on top of me, uh, crushing me, yeah. I'm not freaking out. No, you can't. Well, but I'm not used to the pressure on me. Sure. But I'm also typically calm and I have trained myself to be calm and how to maintain breath support and that sort of thing. I've done Wim Hof things. I take cold showers, you know, at the end. Um, so anyway, so, uh, an ice bath, the biggest difference between ice bath and, um, cryotherapy is what it does to your core temperature. So when you're in cryotherapy, your core temp might drop a degree, maybe right around there. Mm-hmm. It's more of what's doing to all of your extremities. Uh, that's going to drop a number of degrees based on if we're talking about your calf, um, your tricep, your low back, your chest, everything is going to change differently um, mm-hmm. on there. So we're really attacking the inflammatory response uh, on all of your extremities is what we're shooting after. Okay. An ice bath will do the same thing, but it's like um, somebody walking up to you and placing their hand against your face and then pushing versus somebody walking up and slapping you as hard as they can. 
mm-hmm. they both get your head to turn, but one's a lot more violent. An ice gotcha. bath is going to be a lot more extreme. It's, I mean, it's, it's very, very extreme. So what you do is it takes your breath away, right? You hit that ice and it's, <gasps> yep. That's the first thing that occurs for people. Yeah. It's a reflex, which is bad, right? We have just kicked you in your autonomic nervous system. We have just kicked your fight or flight in, which I don't want to activate either. Right. I need to keep you calm. And, uh, and then when it hits your core and your, your, uh, your core temple drop, you know, two, three degrees, uh, maybe four degrees sometimes depending on how long you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, which means you are done. If you do ice bath, you are done for the day. Uh-huh. You do not function after that. Okay. You don't see pro football players or anyone coming out and getting an ice bath and then going back to practice the next hour. Very true. Not a chance. Because they have just slammed their core temp so hard and their extremities so hard, the risk of injury going back to activity later is it's through the roof. Mm, So, but we can cryo and you can be in activity an hour later, like full on intensive activity because your body has already recovered from that because we're just dealing with, we're not dealing with it having to heat back up your core temp. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's the biggest shift there okay um does ice bath have a place absolutely there's a lot of research behind it there's a lot of really good things that have come from that it's a pain in the ass though get all the ice well it is it is <laughs> i mean it really is a pain and and i think i think people would do better off if they just ended all their showers on 30 seconds for as cold as they can handle it okay and if they did that seven days a week they're gonna get a much longer long-term benefit yeah. um than they are of you know doing an ice bath once a week right, uh, type right. of thing okay okay but most people don't do that, yeah. right? They don't even have the mental acuity. They're going to handle it. Yeah. Um, but I do. So then when I when I go in and do my cryo, again, I'm just remaining calm, right? We're, we're monitoring your pulse ox yeah. the entire yeah. time. and Because uh, I can see. I can see when people are holding their breath, when they're starting to get the cold is starting to get to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, then typically we just tell them to relax their arms, move a little bit, and then breathe. And out of the nose, and out of the nose. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, heart rate goes back down, oxygen comes back up, and they can relax. And then it's done. Mm-hmm. And every single person, again, comes out and goes, wow, I feel amazing. I feel great. And all that pain from the leg day, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's that, that's what I love about the cryo. Um, and our magic bullet for people, if they're like, hey, I don't have... I can only make it twice a week. Then I would have them cryo one day, and then the, the next day I'd have them float and then cryo immediately after. And then cryo afterwards. Afterwards. Okay. Uh, Wake you up. It will. It will <laughs> right. It will put you... It, it'll be like you want to... So it's it's an, a, it's not a uh, an adrenaline rush. It's an endorphin rush, right? Okay. Like you, you can just yeah. go run through a wall. But when you're floating, it's just slowing everything down. You get all the anti-inflammatory response uh, because of the Epsom salt, because of you know your joints being stretched out, you know all of that kind of stuff. Proprioception shutting off. But people can be a little bit drowsy. They can come out yeah. and just be like, ah, I just want to go. You know, that, that that is what I hear from most people. Yeah, yeah. They do not want to roll afterwards. Absolutely. If they would cryo, they'd be like, I'm going to go roll for the next four hours. Right. That's right. what they would do. Their brain, because it just erases that. Mm-hmm that fog and you feel like a million dollars. So how does sauna kind of fit in all this? Cause my, my, my experience with sauna is, um, old Russians dumping water on coals. No, 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 <laughs> no, my, mine is, um, so I, I think my introduction to sauna happened. Yeah. It had to, it had to be high school. I can't imagine it was mm-hmm. earlier than high school, but it was, I didn't get into a sauna 
in a pair of shorts. Essentially, every time I went into a sauna, I was in plastics. Right. <laughs> You're dropping weight. Full sweats. Uh-huh. Whatever heavy thing I could wear. Right. I'm not joking about this. I think until... I think until my... Th- I think until I moved here to Lifetime. Wow. That's insane. I still remember walking into the sauna and still having my... Feeling nauseated. Oh, yeah. Like I had now that reaction's gone because I love sauna. <laughs> it's a reflex. But right? I spent the majority of my life in, uh, to to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I do it because I just that's one of the reasons why I keep my membership at Lifetime is just because it's it's accessible. It's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love ending my workouts that way. And for me, mentally, first of all, most people don't talk to you in the sauna. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little strange. Right. The whole negative. Thing. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just an amazing, so how did, how does the sauna that you all have, how does that fit into recovery health? Yeah. Uh, so that's the difference, right? I always make the joke about the, the Russian dumping water on coals, you know, yeah, because that's kind yeah. of the, the whole steam bath yeah, type yeah, of yeah. thing. And, um, so ours is not that it's using infrared light, right. um, which okay. is, um, newer, I guess. Infrared light is the, the, the warmth you get from the sun. That's infrared sure. light. That's why we call it a hug from the sun. Come get a hug. From oh, the sun. that's cool. Thanks. And uh, anyway, so I bought the sauna because it's warm. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's that's why I included sauna in the business plan because I'm okay. like, oh, this is cozy. Yeah, you know, this is warm. And I looked at the. But different there's lots mo- of research behind it too. There is. I hadn't looked in that deep into it at that yeah. point because um, I didn't. I, I wasn't even building this type of a company with Brian was not even on my radar. I mean, it was just, I had my PT clinic and I'm like, man, floating was awesome. This is going to change people's lives. Open a float place, right? It, it was that simple. And um, I think it, it took like six months from the idea to the open the doors and, you know, start rolling uh, okay. to actually have the business. And uh, I bought the sauna simply because it was warm. And then uh, the one that we bought had a, an iPad in it and you can watch Netflix and those types of things. And so... Um, and then it had a lot of different settings and one of the settings that we have in ours is cardio. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go do some cardio, right? This is awesome. And completely like joking around in my brain. This is stupid. Yeah. So I push cardio, lay down, I start reading a book and uh, again, I work out seven days a week. So I'm really in tune with the, the slightest variations in blood pressure, heart rate, anything. And my heart rate started climbing and I was like, what's going on? Oh crap. Yeah. Like am I having a panic attack? Like, am I getting like, what's going on? I sit up, I'm checking my pulse. I'm like, something's going on. And then I look at the screen and it says these light waves are intended because we, they're near mid and uh, far infrared light, uh, different amplitudes, different temperatures, all sorts of changes in settings. And it was intended to increase your heart rate. And then after about five minutes, it'll bring it down a little bit and then plateau it. It literally changed. I didn't know there was a study like that. I didn't either. So I asked, a. uh, one of our business partners is wife's a cardiologist. And I'm like, do you know how that works? She goes, I have no clue. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a, the, the, the light waves are hitting and causing the brain to respond, you know, or oh. the autonomic nervous system to respond. In Could a you imagine way. the person that first discovered that or no, how it was not, discovered? No, yeah. No. So then I started, I said, okay, there's something to this. So then I started doing the research and mm. looking at it. And what it, the thing that really sold me on it was actually the research that they did on, uh, uh, COPD, I think is what it was. Um, 
I'll have to think, I'll have to think about that for a second here. Exactly. If that was the diagnosis, but, um, for, uh, God, what was it? It wasn't COPD. It was something else, but it's for pediatrics and for adults. And when they put them in a sauna, um, they actually increase the amount of uh, available blood vessels, uh, and their size, the diameter around their lungs. Uh, CHF. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Congestive heart failure. Okay. Could it's, be. it's what I'm guessing. Okay. It's what I'm guessing. It could be, but it was, it allowed them to function at a higher level, um, because of that. Um, so I thought that, okay, this is working scientifically from that standpoint. That's really stinking cool. Then I started looking into, uh, performance. So if you think about what we do, uh, when we're rolling and how hot you get and how just you're smoked out by the time you're done, right? Training. Right. Or can be, um, a lot of people can't handle mentally. It's really hard. You can uh, want like Thursday, today's Friday. So last night when I was there, cause I, I was sitting out, uh, but I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can tell who's getting affected by what and when just by watching them. Right. Right. right and it's right, like, right, right. ah, this person's cardio is off or this person, their heat is because they just start dumping buckets mm-hmm. and I've never sweat so much in my life than rolling. It is the most bizarre thing to me. Uh, and It's cool. crazy, isn't it? It is. It is really crazy. But so what they've shown in research is that if you sauna five days in a row at about 140 uh, degrees for 30 to 40 minutes, um, it's like we're cooking you know, like a yeah, turkey, right? Yeah. But five days in a row of doing that, you will perform 34, 34% better in the heat at the end of five days. Okay, repeat those one more time. Yep. So they took uh, college soccer mm-hmm. players tested quad strength, did all these performance tests and this sort of thing, and then had the the non-control group sauna five days in a row, mm-hmm. 140 degrees um, for 30 to 40 minutes. So I'm just trying to get it down. So five days in a row, has yep. five days in a row, 140 degrees mm-hmm. for 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the magic formula, guys. That's by research. Yeah. At the end of those five days, they retested everybody and they all perf- the outside of the control group, the, uh, the treatment group performed 34% better and longer in the heat. Oh, that's awesome. So coming up here, we have, you know, f- football season going to be kicking in. Summer's going to be kicking in. Tennessee summers get hot, humid, yeah, walking yeah. stuff. Well, we're going to be heat acclimating every, the entire football team and everybody with the sauna. Oh, that's great. And then they'll just have to maintain it throughout the year until we're shifting into it's fall. They don't have to worry about the heat or anything anymore. And then we go into the, you know, and we still utilize the cryo the whole time, but we're using that as a way to train the brain to release heat shock proteins in order to, uh, for you to, you know, function better in those hot environments. Okay. And, uh, and of course we understand that it's going to help with your blood flow. It's going to help, um, uh, relax your muscles. It's going to help those types of things as well. Uh, the interesting thing about the weight loss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is they've shown in in regular sauna because people come into ours and, and this is what I hear a lot. Okay. I don't sweat. I didn't sweat. I've heard you say this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. like okay. Yeah. So, like when you exercise, you don't exercise to sweat. That's not your intended outcome. Right, right. I don't roll because I want to get a good sweat going. Right. Like that's just weird. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to use this other human to make me sweaty. Okay, that is sorry. Uh, yeah. That's not how. I, that's not high roll. Um, so I want. So I, I just tell people, let the light do what it's intended to do. Let the machine uh-huh. do what it's intended to do. And if you put it on relaxation, 30 minutes later, you're going to be really relaxed. If you want to on weight loss, 
you're probably going to be sweating. If you put it on cardio, you're probably going to be sweating. Uh, if you put it on detox, detox, you're probably not going to be sweating because the temperature, all the variables change. Yeah. And, um, and so that's the other, so the weight loss thing, you can go and you can sweat it out, but all you're doing is dehydrating sure. yourself. Yep. There's, there's no benefit other than that number on that scale. Yep. N- it doesn't help you. They've done the research on it of, a like a Finnish, um, sauna f- from Finland, uh, which is using coal and water and that sort of thing versus the infrared light. And it's like 0.2% uh, detoxification uh, in a regular sauna. In okay. ours, it's like 3%. So we're still not talking very much. But you understand that that if we actually truly pulled yeah. <laughs> toxins out of your system, like it would probably kill you. Like yeah. it, it would not be a good thing to just yank all this out. Yeah. But people, it, it took a long time for it to get there. Mm-hmm. It should take a long time for it to get out. Yeah. But people are, are taught by... You know that they need to cleanse, that they, or it needs yeah, to be removed. Exactly. Or, yeah. That you got to do all of this crazy stuff, and you have to, and it has to be extreme. I go, no, you, it's not. It can't be shocking. It has to be successful. You know, and uh, so that's that's kind of our approach with the sauna. Is again, what are you doing it for, and then what settings do we put it on um, so it, we can actually achieve that goal. Um, and then how do we combine it with what workouts you're doing and what you're eating and what you're drinking? I mean, we're talking about all those things all the time with people. Um, so yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome stuff, man. Um, now not to, cause we're, we're hitting a little bit over an hour right now and this has been invaluable information. I told this you three great. hours. That's, yeah, that's no. said, so <laughs> so let, let's take a step back for one second mm-hmm. and let's, let's do talk about your COVID shocks. I, I don't want to, right. <laughs> I don't want to forget about that. So guys, so, um, because I, I work in emergency medicine, I had the opportunity to, be vaccinated um, pretty much as soon as the vaccine was uh, was available. Um, and the development of the vaccine, I was I get very leery about anything that's being made where a dollar could be made. Okay, mm-hmm. um, because even though things are supposed to be overseen and it's supposed to be all legit, we know the reality of life. Um, I was comforted to find out how the companies were actually getting reimbursed and how they were being paid and the oversight. So I felt pretty comfortable with the vaccine. Um, I also was under the impression I probably wouldn't be able to work <laughs> if I didn't get it, right. but which wasn't the case. And I, I think that it was a good thing. Um, if there were any red flags, some realistic red flags, I wouldn't have gotten it. Um, but I think that the everything from the development of it to the oversight of it and to the payment to the companies all seemed very legit to me. Um, the other thing is I, I, I want to keep my family as safe as possible and I need to work if I'm out for you know x amount of time we no longer get paid for that time off you know that's going to be a a huge impact to my family so i did get the first vaccine i got the first shot Uh, i just felt like i did a shoulder workout after the first shot second shot (laughs) i would say it was about 12 hours six to wait let me think about that i got the shot yeah so it was almost um 12 hours later i thought i had the flu Mm mm-hmm and it was about six hours worth of misery, shaking chills. And finally, I said, let me get some Motrin, which you're not supposed to take with this. But it really doesn't make a difference. The, the evidence on that is very scant. Um, 600 milligrams of Motrin. And within 30 minutes, I was back to normal. I get to work the next day. I'm receiving texts from my friends that work in New York and other places around the country. Oh, my God, Joe, are you okay? I got my shot. Yeah, I did. And uh, two of my colleagues that I work with both went through the same thing. 
two new docs come on to shift and they had just gotten their shot earlier that day. Oh man. And they were like, you guys are crazy. We feel fine. As I was leaving, <laughs> as I was leaving, both of them looked miserable. So it's a real thing. So tell me about your experience. What was your experience with that? And first of all, did you get the Pfizer and the Moderna? I forgot. Moderna. You got the Moderna. Okay. Yeah. My wife got the Pfizer and uh, Pfizer and um, she was she has sore shoulder both yeah. times. You know, yeah. she, she was like, eh, "I'm a little tired after okay. the second one for okay. like that day." But yeah, she was, but but she was fine, right? Okay. Just give her space. And uh, I got it because I'm a licensed physical therapist as well, and so I was on the A1 list or whatever. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I I need to have it so I can keep my company running sure. and not have to close that down." The first one, I was fine against sore shoulder until about. I didn't even dawn on me until about a week and a half later is when you and I talked about mm-hmm. my hands and my hands just feel like I have arthritis in them, every yeah. joint. And I was attributing it to jujitsu because I had just started jujitsu yeah, yeah. and, um, and I'm like, yeah, you know, this is sore. And then I started looking at the research and it's like, yeah, it goes after an inflammatory, yeah. you know, places in your body. And so I still, I didn't get th- past all of that. I, I was coming out of it, uh, okay. before the second shot, got the second shot uh on today's friday so two days ago on wednesday yeah and uh i was fine that day again sore shoulder yeah yeah, exactly uh, type of a thing and kind of that evening i was like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna take some ibuprofen almost like you don't know if it's there or not but you kind of think it is exactly yeah you know but you don't you don't want to be a wuss you know and and my wife already had it so it's not like i can be like (laughs) i just can't play that card and uh so i'm like yeah you know i'll just suck it up and uh it was about 12 hours later uh in the middle of the night it was the pain in my body just it was everywhere yeah and i woke up the next morning thursday morning and uh, lifted my my left arm up, which is where I got both shots. Did you get one in each shoulder or one in the same shoulder? Oh man, I can't remember. I think I probably got them both on the left. Okay, Sarah got it on both. One, yeah, I'm almost positive I got them both on the left. Okay, so yeah, I got them both on the left because you don't get out of car. Right. Right now, you just drive through a facility. And oh, they okay. Just, yeah. See, they it's a little different where, from from my work, but yeah, okay. Yeah, like a bunch of cattle, you know, going yeah. through there. And I lift up my arm, and I'm like, why does my armpit hurt so bad? And I felt in it. Big old lymph node. Oh, I was like, holy cow. <laughs> if I just hadn't had this shot, I'd be like, I just got cancer. I mean, it, it and it's still really swollen. Yeah, because I know you didn't roll last night, so I yeah. figured it was because of the shot. It was. Okay. And, uh, and then the chills hit, and, yeah, and yeah. the whole, your your skin burns everywhere. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where... Uh, you know, we talked to my dad, he's a throat cancer survivor. And I said, you're not getting the shot. Yeah. I said, you're just going to chill out. You know, you're just going to yourself safe, keep yourself safe and do whatever. I said, but you know, we can't, he can't afford even one little hiccup, you know, yeah. after his radiation and the, he has to get his throat stretched, uh, you know, every six months and stuff. It's oh, so like, we can't, terrible. we can't afford yeah. that. So you're, you're away. Well, I'll tell you, you the know? one benefit that I, the, the the big benefit for me, knowing how well not knowing but being told and and uh, the literature saying how effective the shot is when I developed a little bit of a sore throat and a runny nose, mm-hmm. I'm like okay because because COVID like I tell people is because COVID's here that didn't make all the other viruses stop right so no, the research so, shows yeah. it did <laughs> yeah uh, we can talk about that too 
So when I got a sore throat and a runny nose, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't COVID. We're, we're, we're good. I'm vaccinated. My antibodies should be up by now. And of course, one of my kids gets it. My other kid gets it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're good because most likely, probability speaking, this is even before me getting the shot. Right. Probability is that right. this is your run-of-the-mill virus yeah. that they can combat pretty well. But uh, yeah, so so anybody that does get the vi- get the vaccine, do not be alarmed if day two you feel absolute day after after yeah. the second shot, not day two, but after the second shot, you feel absolutely miserable. Yeah. Well, Doctor Matt, thank you so much. I really really appreciate it. How can people find out more about? Um, Zavell yep. and your uh, I want to call it a clinic but your spa yeah the spa how, how can they how can they find out more about it it's real simple it's just zavell.com okay z is in zebra i v is in victor el.com okay and um or even if you type in brian head welch and spa like okay. it's going to pop up we are in rolling stone magazine you know, oh that's uh, awesome which was really cool and uh, we are in Rolling Stone, and then a month later, the shut the, the entire economy oh, shut yeah, down. Yeah, that's right. Because I did <laughs> thought it was kind of funny that t- your timing of opening up, yeah, but that you already had you already had the ball rolling. Oh, so everything that's... was already which is which is actually perfect because what is what we focus on is stress, anxiety, and pain. Yeah. What does every single person in the entire country have right now? Stress, anxiety, yeah. and pain. <laughs> so from a timing standpoint, it actually worked out well. And mm-hmm. the the from a financing standpoint. The venture capital money that's out there was focusing so heavy on this 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 wave of uh, boutique fitness clubs and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and then all those got shut down. So all the money started shifting into health and wellness. Mm. How do we actually heal people? How do we keep people right, healthy? Right, right. How do you eliminate all of those comorbidities that if you get COVID, it could be really Absolutely. really dangerous for you? Absolutely. So we just kind of come along side of all that but yeah zavell.com is, okay. is how people check that out and you guys have locations here in nashville well here, you know spring hill yes, but i always say nashville i always say nashville as well because uh, i'm from nebraska and mm-hmm. there is only one town you know if it's connected by <laughs> streets uh and then melbourne florida and then katie texas which is outside of houston yeah yeah we have actually gracie baja in katie texas so okay yeah um yeah and and um yeah the down in melbourne they're hooking up with the jujitsu uh, gym there, and okay. great, uh, great their idea. Members are yeah. just rolling through. Yeah. So, uh, guys, you know, I know that the majority of people that listen to us, um, you know, you're the older grappler uh, <laughs> who's dealing with. We're all dealing with the same things. The more that you can recover, um, the more you'll get out of your workouts. And I cannot emphasize enough of making that a cornerstone of your education uh, in your jujitsu journey. Uh, don't have other people do it for you. Educate yourself. Come up with a regimen, a dietary regimen, and then supplemental things like cryo, like floating, like uh, sauna in any form, any way, shape, or form that is. Um, you got to keep yourself healthy. You got to keep yourself as young as possible. Keep that aging process from being um, a captor of your life. And uh, you really need to own that and make that a part of what you do. That's why I make it part mm-hmm. of my smart system because mm-hmm. recovery is recovery and time off because those to me they're two different things Mm -hmm. time off and recovery are two totally different things but they're probably the the two biggest ignored areas of jujitsu that we really should concentrate on so with that guys uh, dr matt thank you so much for coming on when we do our round robin with you uh brian uh sweat uh, brandon sweat excuse me brandon sweat um uh and we're probably gonna get one other specialist involved 
and we'd love to have all three of you on. And yeah. I think it would be amazing. And I think awesome. there's so many tools people would be able to take away to put into their armamentarium of just their jujitsu lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. And yep. guys, thanks for listening. And until then, keep training.